The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. The entire month of October, we have been celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest. Celebrating beers, celebrating cigars, pairing them together. It is our tradition on the Cigar Dave show that the very last show of the month in October, we conduct a large, massive beer tasting. We are going to break a record today. I have in front of me 24 different beers from across the United States and the world. Will we get to all 24? We will give it our best shot. I've got a variety, a cornucopia of incredible beers. We'll tell you about our lineup. And we are coming to you today from Dunedin Brewing's production expansion facility, Dunedin, Florida, as always, we have our special guest, owner of Deneen Brewing, Master Brewer Michael Bryant, and we get set to enjoy fantastic beer-tasting maneuvers. Wherever you are, I hope you've got your cigar and a large number of beers and taste along with us. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper Delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. And I guess we could say for your beer, may the head always be foamy. I think that would be appropriate today. And uh, as we come to you from Dunedin Brewing, normally we come to you from their brew pub, but they have undergone, uh, they've got a production expansion facility construction project uh, underway. And Mike Bryant, the owner and the proprietor, master brewer, wanted me to take a look. So we decided, why not just do the show from here? There's still construction going on around us. But, Mike, great to have you with us. It's uh, kind of our annual tradition. We've been doing this now. I think we first had you on the show about 12, 14 years ago, something Man, like that. Yeah, and time flies. Time is flying. It really does. And, and back then, I think you were the only brewery in Dunedin, Florida. Right, right. Now we got uh, seven more guys. We tricked seven more people to join us in the the crowd here, and it's it's great. I mean, it, you can just Uber down here, r- ride a bicycle, however you can get here, and just walk around and go get a hotel. For those of you that uh, may not know where Dunedin, Florida is, it is in Pinellas County, so we are northwest of the city of Tampa, and we are just north of Clearwater. So if you look at a map, we're actually almost very close. I would say not almost. We are very close to Stone's Throw from the Gulf of Mexico. Dunedin is where the Toronto Blue Jays have their spring training. Very quaint little town, quaint area. And, Mike, there are now 
Uh, what did you say? There's a total of eight breweries here. There's eight, including this facility, and eight, this one's eight. licensed. So. so I would say, and we've talked about this, this is per capita in the state of Florida. In this very small area, it's got to be the beer capital of the state. It, it is. It's more concentrated uh, breweries than any other city in the state, kind of like uh, Asheville. You know, the high concentration up there, larger city. But we're the same. You're, you're within one, probably one New York City block or a San Francisco city block, but here it's about four small little city blocks and you're right on the Gulf, fishing, stand-up board, everything in the world, international airport, people fly right into Tampa. They can come over here, hit all the breweries in Tampa and the Tampa Bay area, and I think that in Tampa Bay, there's probably more concentrations in Tampa Bay when you take the whole area than any other place in the state, Miami, uh, Jacksonville, and all over. So we're, we're all trying to lead the pack and everybody will catch up with us eventually. But, you know, uh, beer traveling is a big deal. People like to travel. Uh, Florida is a perfect place to travel in the, in the winter. Uh, Summertime is a little hot, but a lot of people like it hot. So, Well, but now's the time where people want to escape the great white north <laughs> starting next month. It's been very warm over the last month or so in the northeast Midwest. But trust me. It's not going to be 75 degrees in the middle of December. Yeah. That's not going to last. And it's a great time to come down to Florida, get some uh, great tropical weather, some warmth, some sunshine, play a little golf, smoke some great cigars, and right. check out some of the great breweries. And there are some maps. I know that if you go online, right. and we'll find some links, where actually it shows all the different breweries. Before we get into talking about Cigar Oktoberfest and the various types of beers, because what I like to do on this show, on this Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting, is give somebody that may know nothing about beer a nice background, Beer 101, an education about the different types of beer. But there has been an explosion in craft beer, the types of beers. You know, when you think about it, it was Budweiser, it was Miller, it was Coors. Then you had some regional beers, and you pretty much had a lager. You didn't see a lot of ales right, back, right, back in right. the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Now we've seen an explosion of craft beer and IPAs. India Pale Ales, I think, are bar, by far and away the number one produced type of beer for craft brewers. But why have craft breweries just exploded in the last 10 years? Really, even let's say five to seven years. I think that people uh, are changing their um, definition of beer. You know, beer was just like you say, it was uh, large it was a producers. Yeah, and that's what was, was beer. I remember back in the day, uh, we had a, a gentleman here in town, and he from Germany, and he said, that's what you're making is not a beer. I said, what do you mean? It's, it's a beer. That's just not a beer. Well, that has all changed. That same guy comes in our place and loves all the different beers, and you can taste something that somebody's made up. Like It's like music. It's just uh, look at all the different songs that are still out there. Music, remember, uh, what was it, The Final Chord by Moody Blues? That song, The Final Chord, was hit back in the late 70s. Well, well, we're still doing it. Well, when you think, again, it was a commodity. I mean, growing up in Buffalo, what were the big beers? Mm. Certainly you had... Bud was big, but a lot of Canadian beers, Labatt's, mm -hmm. Molson, Molson Canadian. And those were primarily, I think, lagers, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. So they all tasted the same. Whether you bought one or the other, most people were just looking at price. It was no big deal. Today, that's very, very different because I'm looking at 24 different beers that we have. We've got ales. We've got lagers. We've got stouts. We've got porters. We've got international beers. We've got infused beers. It's just undergone a massive, massive change. And just like being in the world of cigars where there's always something new, same thing in the world of beer and craft beer. There's always something new. And the large 
corporate breweries, Anheuser-Busch, Miller Coors, Heineken, uh, they are now buying or have been buying the craft brewers. In fact, some of the beers that we're going to be sampling today are identified as craft brewers, but the little secret is they're owned by the big guys. Mm -hmm. They try to hedge their bets. Right. And it's all customer-driven. Uh, I don't know the, the big guys are... I don't know what their marketing uh, objective is. Of course, it's to stay on top, but I think they're, they're missing it's customer-driven. All the craft brewery industry is customer-driven. They're the ones that want the, the different taste and all this kind of stuff. If we... Over at our place, if you look at our board now, we used to have eight beers. You know, that's the way right. it was. Now it's 16, right. and they change every week. They're changing. So if we don't do that, then the customer expectation is what's wrong. Where before, it was like, you know, you have a like football team. That's one football team I'm going to watch. I just like one football I'll watch them because they're playing somebody else. Right. And uh, now the customer wants something different, and I think that's what's that's kind of driving the big guys to, to, to take – uh, and spend money on acquisition of brands. Now, when they acquisition a brand, they're not acquisitioning actually the brewer in the heart of the brewery because unless they keep that all the same... Well, they are. In many it. cases, they're buying everything lock, stock, and barrel. But the question is, being a big corporation, does Anheuser-Busch or does Miller Coors, does uh, uh, Constellation Brands, who are now buying breweries, do they look and say, okay, this is great, we want to keep things the way they are, or after a few years say, well, we're smarter than everyone else, mm -hmm. and we're going to bring our methods, and then you dilute the product. And, of course, you ask what the objective is mm -hmm. for all these, brewer these mega breweries, big corporations. Money, that's the right, objective. Right, Make right. as much, eliminate the competition, and if you can't beat the competition, they've got the capital to yeah. go out and buy them. Now, let's talk about cigar. First of all, before we get into beer, uh, cigar October or Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest, as we started the month of October, I, I, I gave a little guide of what Oktoberfest is. World's largest Volkfest, the beer festival and traveling fun fair held annually in München, Munich, Bavaria. It is a 16 to 18 day festival running from mid or late September to the first weekend in October. More than 6 million people from around the world attend the event every year. It is called the Wiesen, or the Weizen, which is the colloquial name for the fairgrounds, the Theresienweiss, where Oktoberfest is held in München, in Bavaria. It has been held every year since 1810. Massive quantities of beers are consumed. A little bit of history. Mike, tell me if you know this. King Ludwig I, who reigned Germany from 1825 to 1848, married Princess Theresa of Saxe-Hildeburghausen, you like my German accent? <laughs> Hilbert Hausen? Yeah. On uh, October 12, 1810, the citizens of Munich were invited to attend the festivities held on the fields to celebrate the big event. The fields were named Theresienweiss, which is Theresa's Meadow in honor of the Crown Princess. It has kept that name ever since. There were horse races at the time, there were other, obviously, food and beer, but the festivities, the, the Oktoberfest now really is synonymous with certainly with beer. And now we've got Oktoberfest beers and Oktoberfest festivals that take place around the world. You've got an Oktoberfest right. that you've come out with. We're going to sample some different Oktoberfest. And people always say to me, well, General, you know that Oktoberfest really is held in September. And my answer is, well, if that's the case, why the hell didn't they call it <laughs> Septemberfest? So we celebrated October. The fact of the matter is, September is reserved for National Bourbon Heritage Month. So therefore, <laughs> we are not going to intertwine the two. We're going to enjoy September with bourbons and American whiskeys, and we're going to enjoy October with great beers. Makes sense to me. That's, that's great. 
Sounds good. All right, when we come back for our Cigar Oktoberfest annual tasting maneuver, we've got 24 beers we'll get to. We will continue our conversation with Michael Bryant, the founder, proprietor of Dunedin Brewing, Dunedin, Florida, as we talk about beer, the history of beer, the types of beers, lagers, ales, porter, stouts. It may sound unfamiliar territory to you, but by the time you're done listening to today's Cigar Oktoberfest tasting show, you will know exactly what to look for. So when you walk into a into a beverage store, and many of them do sell beers individually now, you'll know what to look for. You will be educated so that you can pick out the right type of beer to suit your palate and the type of cigar or the type of meal that you'd like to enjoy. We're celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest front and center from the Dunedin Brewing Production Expansion Facility, Dunedin, Florida. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Rocky Patel sampler, including the new Hamlet 25th year. This medium-bodied cigar features a cedary Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, and Nicaraguan and Honduran fillers. Hamlet 25th year honors Hamlet Paredes's quarter century of work in the cigar industry. Want these cigars shipped directly to you each month? Log on to CigarDave.com to join the Officers Club. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. The October 2017 Officers Club selection featuring two Hamlet 25th year cigars and one Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes have shipped. You should already have them by now. Now, the October 2017 selection features the new Hamlet 25th year. To honor and celebrate Hamlet Paredes' 25 years of rolling and blending cigar achievements dating back to when he was a master blender and roller in Cuba for Habanos. He has taken his talents to Rocky Patel three years ago, and the new Hamlet 25th is absolutely off the charts. It's medium-bodied, ultra-smooth, very tasty, featuring a cedary Ecuadorian wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers, absolutely magnificent. If you're not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, what are you waiting for? Go to CigarDave.com, get the latest and greatest in the world cigars, delivered right to you. Go to CigarDave.com and join the Officers Club.
While Oktoberfest in Munich may only run 18 days, we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest all month long. With more beer samplings, it's the General Cigar Dave. Now, the reason that I'm thrilled that Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers only comes one time a year is because I have to wear my lederhosen. And I can tell you it's a little bit uncomfortable in certain areas wearing that lederhosen. And I uh, look like a German general five-star pimp. I'm wearing the green hat with the feather and everything. And uh, But, Mike, looks I pull good. it off pretty well. Don't it I? looks good. It looks good. Yeah, it looks very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, by the way, the only thing missing are those bodacious Oktoberfest waitresses from uh, Munich, the ample that have very large busts that are very bodacious. Now, they have large everything carrying lots of beer they carry lots of bruce they're carrying yeah a lot of a <laughs> lot of cellulite too in various areas but uh that's the only thing we're missing we're gonna have to next year we'll have to we'll have to import recruit, a few yeah recruit some yeah exactly but i have a german shepherd so that's the closest thing i guess to <laughs> having having one of the german dabes coming over here all right let's talk about beer along with michael bryant the founder proprietor brewmaster at dunedin brewery here in dunedin florida we celebrate cigar oktoberfest 24 beers chilled on ice are awaiting our tasting but let's talk about beer what is beer many people say oh i know what beer is general well some people don't really know what beer is mm. it is first of all the most widely consumed alcoholic drink in the world it is the third most popular drink overall behind water and tea mm. beer is brewed from cereal grains most commonly malted barley however wheat corn rice also can be used. We've got a Japanese beer that uses rice that we'll be sampling. And during the brewing process, fermentation of the starch sugars in the wort produces ethanol and carbonation in the resulting beer. And beer, of course, today brewed with hops, which adds some bitterness and other flavors and act as a natural preservative stabilizing agent. And when we look at beer, most beer today is 4 to 6% alcohol by volume. However, it can go all the way down to a half percent, up to 25, 30 percent. We've seen some of the very unique beers, and even 40 percent. Now, the, in Germany, they follow something very, very important. It is the purity law. In 1516, William IV, Duke of Bavaria, yeah, adopted the Reinigsgebot, the oldest food quality regulation that is still in use in the 21st century, and according to which the law says the only ingredients in a beer in Germany are water, hops, and barley malt. That's it. They can't inject anything. So if you're going to follow the Rein, the Reinheitsgebot, Reinheitsgebot, purity law, everything sounds very harsh in Germany. When you say good morning, everything's very like harsh, easy, down, down, willkommen. Okay, easy, not welcome, good to have you here, willkommen. Everything's very harsh in Germany. Uh, but the beer's are good. But the beer's good. But, good but ours, but I'm going to tell you, America now makes beer better, I think, than Germany. More complexity. More seems. complexity without any question about it. Now, history of beer. The world's oldest prepared beverage, possibly dating back to the early Neolithic era of 9500 B.C., when cereal was first farmed. It was recorded in the written history of ancient Iraq and ancient Egypt. And archaeologists speculate that beer was instrumental in the formation of civilizations. I know that in many instances, it's instrumental in the formation of liaisons between males and females <laughs> in excessive amounts. Uh, but uh, what's interesting about beer is that it goes back to 9500 
uh, B.C., and then it began spreading into Europe through Germanic and Celtic tribes back around 3000 B.C., and that's really when you get Germany known for beer. Now, Mike, let's talk about some of the uh, ingredients, the fermentation process. First of all, for ingredients, you got to start with water, and water is the number one ingredient. It's got to be good. It's got to be properly yeah, filtered. Yeah, if it's if the water's not good, then the beer's not going to be good. I think you really can't change it that much. So different waters from the world, and that's what makes the world's best beers is the best water. Then you have to have a start source. Yeah, you got to have grains, malted grains. barleys, you know. Uh, or rice, or uh, wheat. Well, those are adjuncts. We, adjuncts, We okay. consider those adjuncts. They will ferment uh, very dry, you know, where malt gives you that, uh, you can change the uh, mash in temperatures in, in malt and it'll give you a more of a, a full body beer or a drier beer in the end. So, you know, you really can't do that with corn and rice. You know, there you cook those and you get you break down those starches where they can be fermented. And anything, any 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 type of something that has sugars can be yep, broken yeah, down and right. fermented. And you could, you could uh, malt, go through the malting process of probably every seed on the planet and come up with something, you know, that you could ferment. Okay, now we've got it. You have to have hops. Hops. Hops to, give hops it what? to the, balance it. Balance it, it, it in some bitterness. Yeah, you know, uh, some of the uh, beers from... Uh, South America that are like N.A. beers, they're real sweet, and they have no hops in them. And so that's what will happen. You'll have just the sweetness of the, of the malt. You'll have that, you won't, but it won't taste what we know as a beer. So the hops give you aroma and kind of bitter. It's a, it's yeah, a weird Yeah, when we term. say a hoppy beer, it's got a lot of that bitterness on the back. Uh, yeah. It, but and, hops can also give you a sweetness right, as well. Right, right. More hops can give an indication of sweetness, you know, and more alcohol gives you more dryness. So and all that works together. You have to have yeast. Got to have the yeast, yeast to turn it in alcohol and get your carbonation. All you right. know, so it's gonna you have something to convert it, and that's gonna be the the yeast. Okay. And what we'll do is a little bit later on we'll talk about the actual process of brewing beer, but very quickly let's start with the different varieties. Um, let's start off with probably the most common beer originally, and that was a lager, which is what a top fermented. Well, uh, it actually started. All beer started as an ale. As an ale. As an ale in Germany, and that's because they did not have a yeast that would ferment at cold temperatures. So they would store, they would lager in a in a cave, and then Carlsberg discovered a yeast that would ferment which we have today, in right? cold temperatures, and that's when everything took off and you got delicate. Actually, when the lager yeast changed the whole uh, beer industry, well, it wasn't an industry, but they went to clear glasses. It, once you could get bloggers going and they looked good, you, they were pleasing to look at, then people started using glassware. Uh, before that was all mugs because it didn't really look Didn't look great. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll conduct the National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony. We'll also go into the various varieties of beers, lagers, ales, lambics, you name it. We are celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers today. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. 
Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers from the Dunedin Brewing Production Expansion Facility, Dunedin, Florida, just northwest of the Cigar City of Tampa with Michael Bryant, the proprietor, brewmaster, founder, and one of the I guess we could say the, really one of the really first, I think you, Dunedin Brewing was the first craft brewer in the Pinnell, Tampa Bay area. No, Pinell, Pinnells County. Pinnells County? Yeah, we had Ybor City was the that one, was the right. first one. Going way back, know? that's right. And then people get kind of confused a little bit now with, uh, we were, were a microbrewery, and brew pubs were already out there. You had hops. Remember hops? You know, they... they that was they, a restaurant, uh, yeah. With a brewery right. and stuff. And we have a restaurant with our facility over there, but uh, microbreweries, we were the first in Pinellas County. And hops, I mean the hops, um, Ybor City was the first in the Tampa Bay area. Got it. And All then, right. So we have got for the litation ceremony, it is appropriate that I pull out a cigar that was actually blended to go with some very nice beers, and that is the Casada Oktoberfest, their 2017 edition. Has a new look to it. They've got white bands. They've kind of changed it up just a little bit from the blue bands, but very, very nice. It comes in six different sizes. Four of the sizes are made in the Dominican Republic by Casada Cigars, whereas two other sizes are made in Nicaragua, Nicaraguan Puros by Placencia. But I have selected the Oktoberfest Das Boot, 6-inch by 52 ring gauge Toro. Suggested retail is 861 Dominican Puro, meaning Dominican wrapper, filler, and binder. And the wrapper comes from the Cibao Valley in the Dominican Republic. The binder, Dominican, and the filler is Dominican Cuban seed criollo, as well as Olor Viso, Viso and Lejero. So it's got some mild, it's got some medium, and it's got some full. So very, very nice. That's what I will enjoy today. And this will go with a stout, this will go with an ale, this will go with a porter. Same thing, I'll probably go with a, uh, a lager as well, but I'm looking at 24 different beers. I can tell you, I'll guarantee you there's one beer this will go with. There's no ifs, ands, or buts with the selection we have. 
Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. I've got my very unique, this almost looks like a bat wings. It is uh, a double-edged, self-sharpening, double-edged stainless steel guillotine. You can just cut it once, you put it right in the middle, and again, it looks like a giant bat's wings uh, that opens up, and that's what I will use today. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. I wanted to try something different, so I actually purchased... I went online and I purchased a lightation device that is used primarily as a baking torch. And if you take a look at this thing, listen to the sound of that thing. I just saw it <laughs> and it was on sale. I figured, okay, I had a deal on them. Let me pick one up. It's got a humongous tank. It's called the Mantello. Big, giant. I mean, this thing, trust me, if you, you need to. You could weld with that. I mean, look at that. Yeah. That, that, this, the flame goes yeah. out about 10 inches if you want. <laughs> Uh, so you can make souffles with this thing. I get, what, baked Alaska, whatever you want to use. Uh, you can actually, I'll tell you what, if you grab a hot dog or you grab a steak, if you just kind of take the fire and just go back and forth on it. <laughs> or bratwurst. Bratwurst, guarantee, <laughs> it'll toast it right up. That's what I will use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. I will toast the foot of this cigar as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. It is hard to believe that October is nearly done. It is. It I, is. I, I, I don't know where the time has flown, and before you know it, we'll be doing champagne and sparkling wine tasting maneuvers yeah, to I think end the hurricane took it away. Yeah, everything just kind of moved very, very quickly. It always uh, seems to. I mean, I remember Sergeant Steve and I were talking back in, I think, June about September being... National Bourbon Heritage Month, planning that month, and then Cigar Oktoberfest, and now here we are already close to the Man. end of the year. I mean, football season is halfway done. What's well, Halloween's next weekend? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're from Iron Street. Hang on a second. As I puff and rotate. Mm. Very nice. Mm. Has some nice sweet notes to it. Some medium... A lot of flavor, but not overpowering. Very, very pleasant indeed. Now, before we talk about, we get into, we were just talking about Halloween. Before we get into the various types of beer and how beer is brewed and get into our sampling, in Walpole, Massachusetts, Boyden Elementary School will not be having its annual Halloween costume parade this year. And a message that was sent to parents by the school principal. And I can just see this guy. He's probably wearing the short sleeve shirt with the tie, the button, or the clip on tie that's too short with the pocket protector. Sent out a message saying the costume parade is out of our ordinary routine and can be difficult for many students. Also, the parade is not inclusive of all the students and is our goal each year and every day to ensure all students' individual differences are respected. So, they will, they'll still have a Halloween party, but it'll be after school hours. And instead of Halloween, they will call, they will create a new event called Black and Orange Spirit Day. That's right. Black and Orange Spirit Day. Can you imagine, put on your costume and say, trick or Black and Orange Spirit Day treat? Come on, I don't, I don't think so. By the way, a school in Needham, Massachusetts, last month canceled Halloween, Halloween events. Who are you offending? I know of nobody that would be offended. I don't know of Christian children, Jewish children. I, are Muslim children offended? 
Why? I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know who would be offended by Halloween. Yeah. It is long lost. It, its roots were initially, as I think dates back to some sort of religious holiday, but over the last 1,300 years in the United States, it's not identified with that. It's a, it's a day where kids can dress up, go out, have a good time, get candy, enjoy themselves, have some apple cider, have some donuts. It's a festive time of year. Oh, the it's synonymous getting, yeah. with the weather changing. Maybe the parents are getting worn out. I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. I, but, but who are the, this is what I, I, I find myself, I find just so ridiculous. Who specifically, what kids, what group is being offended? Interesting. I mean, I, every kid that I know, and again, I went to a school, in, in high school, I'll never forget this. The senior class, we would always dress up, and we would always trick-or-treat to the various buildings. I went to this country day school with the kids from the lower school. We'd be assigned a couple of kids, and everybody had a great time. Nobody mm -hmm. was offended. We had different religious groups. We had different nationalities. I don't know of anyone that said, I'm offended by you, Dave, going dressing up as Batman and your best friend dressing up as Robin. Nobody was offended. I hope it doesn't happen to beer. And what if it happens they say, well, you brewed a brown ale? That it just insults me. I and mean, then all of a sudden, I can't breathe. <laughs> Mike, as crazy as that may sound, it's going to happen. I will guarantee you, somewhere along the line, someone's going to say, I'm offended. And you know I, what? Yeah. You've got a blonde ale that's offensive to brunettes. You've got a black ale that should be called African-American ale. I'm telling you, people are so crazy today trying to label every stupid thing. How about just saying we're all Americans? Yeah. I don't care where you're from. I don't care. We're all Americans. Halloween is a festive, fun day, and I just find that the political correctness has gone so crazy that people are fed up, and they wonder why President Trump was able to win, because people are fed up of always being told, you can't do this, can't do this. I'm fed up with it when I hear these enemies of pleasure saying, you can't have a cigar, you can't have steak, you can't do this. Don't tell me. Why don't you just live your own life? But the problem is people are so miserable in their own lives that the only way they derive pleasure is to take away the pleasure and the spirit and the fun of Halloween for these kids by saying somebody's offended. Yeah. So if one person gets offended, you got to stop everything. Screw that. It used to be, uh, remember the term deaf ears? Uh-huh. Things fall on deaf ears. Well, those kind of things back a few years back uh, would be falling on deaf ears, things that were kind of like didn't make sense. You know, it's like, well, one person, okay, like one person in the city of Dunedin doesn't like um, the color of a building, and then all of a sudden everybody can make you know they can't paint their buildings anymore. Well, it's kind of crazy. And here's the other thing: I'm just waiting for them to say Thanksgiving is offensive to certain mm. certain ethnic groups and religious groups who don't celebrate that, and they find that it's 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 a derogatory holiday to them. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Well, it's scary Mark for turkeys. Words. It is scary for turkeys. Well, <laughs> <laughs> someone's got to eat them. If it's not the turkey, if it's right. not humans, it's going to be that's some true. other that's animal. True. Okay, that's true. so that's it's going to be a fox. lion. So, yeah. may as by the way, while the turkey is living, they're fed properly. <laughs> they live a good life. They give them. I think they give them grain from uh, breweries, I believe. I believe you're right, because nothing goes to waste. All right, now, speaking of grains, we know that that usually malted barley or some sort of roasted barley right. starts as beer. But let's talk about the different types of beers. Now, we talked about lager. Lager, certainly the most popular beer for many, many years yeah, in the United States. Is. When yeah. we talk about the Budweiser's, the Miller's, the Coors, the Labatt's, those are lager beers. Tends to be a milder beer. So oh, what delicate, specifically yeah. is a lager? Uh, lager is bo uh, bottom fermented. It's a uh, yeast that will tolerate cold temperatures. And in that low temperature, it is very 
a slight amount of phenolics where an ale puts is a higher temperature put the top fermenting yeast and it gives out a lot of phenolics and the the big beers uh, they do such a good job you could probably go anywhere in the world and have a delicate beer you know and that's that's a big deal that they can do that uh, getting beer close and local is where you get the freshness of a local beer and all this but you try to take a lo local beer and try to send it to India like the big guys do it'd be almost impossible it wouldn't taste the same because a delicate beer like a lager shows up imperfections very easily and that's why a lot of craft brewers didn't do it in the very beginning does it take so longer to brew a lager it takes uh, uh two and a half times and, two you and, can, half times. and you can let it go longer you know up into a point up to a point when you're tasting a lager it'll taste almost like this green term uh, that's the only way i can describe it and then within seven days it magically transforms into a very nice tasting malty beer all right, while we do that, before we get into the types of ales, wheat beers, lambics, porter, stouts, let's fire up the first beer. And let me go through our lineup very quickly here because we've got 24 different beers. And what I did was I went to one of the local beer stores. And what we're finding now across the country, this wasn't as easy when I started doing the beer tastings probably about 10, 12 years ago. It wasn't easy to go into a store and find individual bottles of beers from across the country and across the world. Now, many of the spirits and wine stores, beer stores, they have huge, huge rows of beer. And I went to a retailer that has three gigantic rows. So let mm. me tell you what we're going to start off with. First, Mike, you've got your Dunedin Brewery Flashlight Lager. All right. I'm going to try that. We'll have you move that. Then we're going to go to the Narragansett Lager, which is made up in Rhode Island. From uh, the Northeast, we've also got Samuel Ad Adams Harvest Hefe, a wheat ale. From Chicago, we're going to have the Goose Island Sophie Belgian-style Saison. From Chicago, Illinois. Out to the West Coast, we go to Ballast Point Brewing for their Manta Ray Double India Pale Ale, their IPA. Then we go to New York for the Hebrew Brewing Hanukkah Pasta Beer, which is a golden ale with some cocoa nibs. I can't mm, wait to nice. get to that. Then we're going to do a, uh, which one did we say, Mike? We're going to do the... Corona. Corona. Yeah, we'll yeah. do Corona. Actually, no, you know what? Let's do your, we're going to um, do your Oktoberfest. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, okay, we'll do a Corona. We'll do the Corona uh, Extra from Mexico. We're going to uh, do the Oktoberfest from Dunedin Brewing. We've got the Spaten Oktoberfest from Germany. We're going to go into an international component. I've got Einstock Icelandic White Ale from Reykjavik. Yeah. Nice. And we've got some Pilsner or Kell, which is the original, original. Czech Pilsner. Yeah. Then we're going to move to Italy for some Peroni Nastro Azzurro beer. We're going to go to Japan for some Sapporo Premium beer. Sapporo. Uh, <laughs> and then we're going to move to the UK. We've got two very unique flavor type beers. We've got from Wells Brewery, their banana bread beer. Can't wait to try that. And then the Wells Sticky Toffee Pudding Ale. As Mick would say, Sterling, mate, Sterling. We'll try the... Um, uh, that, we'll do that one at the end, uh, okay. Mike. We're going to go to the Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. We're going to do some different pumpkins. We've got to the Southern Tier Pumpkin. Mm. We're going to do the Lagenkugels Berry Weiss. That's from Wisconsin. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. And then we've got some Lemongrass Luau from Hawaii, the Aloha Brewing Company. We've got the... De I think this is the DeClaw, yeah, DeClaw Brewing Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. I can't wait to get to that. <laughs> We've got Anchor Coffee Porter. We've got the Cigar City 
Maduro Brown Ale, and we'll wrap it up with the Lazy Magnolia Southern Pecan Original Pecan Nut Brown Ale. That sounds like a pretty good lineup, Michael. What do you think? That's a full house. That is a full house. house. Whether we get to them all, I don't know, but we will give it a great shot. When we come back, I'll tell you what, let's do the, before we take the uh, last break here for this hour, let's go and try the Dunedin Brewing Flashlight Lager. Now, this is in a giant can growler. Crowler. A crowler. A crowler. Yes. All right, now tell me about the Flashlight Lager. It's our lightest uh, beer, and uh, it started as a, or we're helping a friend out do a contract beer. He was going to do a brewery up in, let's see, cheers on that. North of here, and we did our first lager, and nobody wanted to do it. It was too light, and so we did it anyway. And then my son, Michael, who now runs the brewery, said, can we dry hop that? I said, well, what does that mean? Putting dry, putting hops in after it's brewed and while it's okay. fer- after ferment- fermentation is over, and it imparts a lot of hop flavor and nose in it. And I said, well, you can do anything. What do you mean you can do anything? We can do anything. Put anything you want to in there. Just don't put poison in it, you know? Well, I don't <laughs> think you want to do that. <laughs> well, it's got a nice nose to it, very fruity. As we said, cheers, I'll take it. And by a very light yellow color. Yeah, clear. Very like clear. a straw thing and mm. nice little... Small, oh, wow. this thin, is nice. but dense head. I'd say on the IBUs, the International bitter, Bitterness Units, which is a measure of the strength and bitterness of a beer, maybe 18? Um, this one is uh, higher. It's probably... Really? Yeah, well, it's probably but 25 because wow, it's very dry, smooth. a little dry hopped in there. See, it's yeah. real subtle, real subtle, and it's nice when you can do it subtle. Very smooth, very nice. And this is... Available year-round? Is this one of your year-round? It is now. It used it to be now. just a, uh, like a seasonal during their hop And how fest. popular is this, uh, this, this lager, the it's, flashlight lager? It's probably, I'd say, 25% of the sales now. Really? So people still like a mild-flavored yep, beer? Yeah, it's lager. a good session ale where you can sit, well, drink it, talk, and all that. And if you want to, in between discussions, you want to grab another beer, you can do that. Finish up with a, a porter or something like that. All right. When we come back with Michael Bryant, the proprietor, founder of Dunedin Brewing, Dunedin, Florida, we will continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers. We'll talk about an ale, a pale ale, India pale ale, a stout, porter, a wheat beer, a Lambert, a lambic, so that you know the styles of beer and know what to purchase and what to pair them with. We are celebrating Cigar Oktoberfest. One out of 24 beers has been tasted. We've got 23 more to go. The fun is just beginning. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. By following The General, you'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars, info on the show each week, and see what The General is smoking. Click like at Facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. 
For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. The brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, Search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. It's Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers from Dunedin Brewery. The general is now ready to be served by bodacious beer maids, showing ample amounts of rackage and stackage. Lucky son of a gun. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, you can never get enough of rackage and stackage and great cigars and great beer. We may as well enjoy the full Oktoberfest experience. Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers continue from... Dunedin Brewing's, uh, I should say, in-process production expansion facility in Dunedin, Florida, just about uh, 15 miles northwest of Tampa, 15, 20 miles. Michael Bryant, the founder and proprietor, joins us. Now, Mike, let's talk very quickly about the other types of styles. We left off at Lager. Let's talk about the Pale Ale, India Pale Ale, a little history on that. Yeah, the, the ales uh, started in Germany, and then the lagers took off. And uh, England um, were ale, the ales. That was the mo- that's pretty much what they were doing. And then uh, the British wanted to expand their holdings throughout the world. And whenever they sent their troops somewhere, and it's still like this, uh, they got to send ale with them. They're not going to fight. They're not going to settle at night until they have have an ale. So uh, they sent their ales to India, and they put them in the holds of ship. And from what I understand, it wasn't in cask in the ship it was in the hold of the ship so you have a oak ship with uh tar pine tar and all that to hold it together and it went all the way to india and uh, that's where you pick up the oakiness and they had to make it strong and very hoppy to hops to help preserve the beer um so it would make the trip and along the way it got a little bit of seawater in there so you had a little saltiness coming which changed the water water a little bit and that's the India Pale Ale, and that's why it's so strong. And IPAs, really a craft brewery's probably number one product. Everywhere you go, every craft brewer has an IPA. And I think we're getting to a point now where it's so saturated with India Pale Ales that now they're starting to create some newer type of beers. Now, let's also talk about a wheat beer, because uh, some of the, in fact, I had a Hefeweiss last week on the show. That's a wheat beer. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so this Germany started in Germany. Uh, uh, I guess the the park that you were saying that the Oktoberfest was at right. had Weisse. But he's in Weisse. Weisse was a field beer. So, I mean, field, whatever came from the field, which the field was uh, with uh, uh, wheat. And they, it's 50, they can't really do 50% wheat, but, you know, 40 to 60, you know, 40%, 60% malt. So it's not all wheat, but you have to have some malt in there. Okay. And then let's take a look at the stouts and porters. Everybody thinks they're dark, they're full. Real quickly, stout yeah. and porter. Yeah, what so is they're it? ales, and they've got roasted brown ale is going to be a porter, and a, a stout is going to have roasted barley in it. So a Guinness is or a not roasted barley. Well, roasted barley and black and malt. All right, and so a Guinness, which is very popular, is a porter or a stout? Is a stout. That's a stout, and everybody thinks that's going to be super full, like a Maduro cigar. It's no, going to no. be no, very not at light. all. And very quickly, lambic beer is from Belgium. They use naturally fermented. Wild yeast yes. rather than cultivated. It's a spontaneous. Now it's cultured, but in the very beginning it was spontaneous. Cool ships out in the open, and, and it started fermenting. Gotcha. We are going to continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers. 23 beers to go. Next hour, stay right where you are. We'll get into the heart of our beer tasting from Dunedin Brewing's production expansion facility, Dunedin, Florida. Grab your beer. Keep your cigar nice and toasty. We'll continue around the corner celebrating Cigar and Oktoberfest. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I am staring at 23 unopened bottles of beer. Well, I should say probably 21 bottles of unopened beer and two cans of unopened beer. 24 beers total is what our goal is for Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers today on the Cigar Dave Show. We end the month of October wrapping up Cigar Oktoberfest with a massive tasting. We do it every year, and I'm always looking for new beers, some unique names. I may not know anything about the beer, but I'll see a brand name or I'll see some sort of unique feature about the beer, whether it's a pumpkin or some sort of uh, some sort of flavoring, and I'll say, I'm going to buy that. have no idea, but if I can buy it individually, I'll open it up, I'll try it, and you never know what you may find. It's a beautiful time of year. Football, beer, weather's cooling down, life is good. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show, your global alpha and global five-star front and center. We have moved Command Center Alpha to Dunedin Brewing's production expansion facility, still under construction in Dunedin. 
Florida, just about 20 miles northwest of the Cigar City of Tampa in Pinellas County, just a stone's throw from the Gulf of Mexico. Michael Bryant, the founder, proprietor of Dunedin Brewing and Brewery, is joining us as our expert color commentator. And we talked about all the different styles of beer, Mike, as we left off, and we talked about the history of beer. Now we get into the fun part, and that, of course, is tasting the beer. I've been looking at these yes. beers, chilling on ice. Let's open her up. So right. we've got in this segment, we're going to try to hit five beers. The Narragansett Lager from, I, and we'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I thought it was from Rhode Island. The Sam Adams Harvest Hefe. The Ballast Point Manta Ray Double IPA from California. Chicago, the Goose Island Sophie, which is a Belgian-style Saison. And from New York, Hebrew, the Schmaltz Brewing Company in New York, the Hanukkah Pass the Beer, which is a very unique golden ale brewed with cocoa nibs. So we'll get into all these. So do us a favor, Michael, if you would. Open up that Narragansett Lager, and I will say that Narragansett... Go ahead, you can open it up. Ah, listen to that sound. It began in 1888 when John Felberg, Augustus F. Borchant, and Herman G. Posner, George M. Gerhard... Constant A. Moeller and Jacob Wirth decided the original six to form the Narragansett Brewing Company with $150,000 in capitals and, uh, capital and funds. And they began brewing. Now, what is very interesting is, I thought, when I was up in Boston, you see this beer everywhere, this Narragansett mm-hmm. lager. Very, very popular, signs everywhere. That and Sam Adams, obviously, mm-hmm. hometown beers. Well, I picked up a bottle when I was going doing my shopping, and to my extreme surprise, I look at the label, and it says, Narragansett Brewing Company, Rochester, New York. Write or visit us in Rhode Island. Gansett, G-A-N-S-E-T-T dot com. Which I thought was very interesting. Clearly... They're no longer brewed in Rhode Island. Now, my understanding is that in 2016, they started construction of a brewery Hmm. to bring back brewing to Rhode Island. But looking at this, this is synonymous with New England. Never in a million years knew that it's made in Rochester, probably at the old Genesee Beer uh, Hmm. Brewery, which Hmm. is the big one back up there. So we'll say cheers on this one. This, again, is a lager. Smooth. Mm -hmm. Nothing spectacular. It's uh, easy to drink. Uh, no one would say no to this. You know, yeah. it's nice and malty sweet. Yeah, it does have a uh, yeah malty sweetness to it, which I find very interesting. But again, not very hoppy, not very no, bitter no. at all. Hmm. Balanced. And again, one of the reasons why it's popular: summer. It's hot. It's very cool, refreshing. Again, it's a what you call it a session ale. Session ale, even yeah, though it's a yeah. lager, right? A session right. lager, we right. can call right. it, because lager. people can sit around and have a few of these, and it's not really that big of a deal, right? Now, next up, we're going to go, we're going to stay, well, I, I, I thought we were in New England to start, but actually, we're really in upstate New York, so close enough, Rochester. But now we're going to go to the Samuel Adams Harvest Hefe, and I had a wonderful opportunity to spend a half day up at Samuel Adams uh, Brewery up in Boston mm-hmm. in their experimental facility, and really got a chance to sample many of their beers. I sampled their Oktoberfest, but not the Harvest Hefe. This is a, they call this a wheat ale. Hazy golden with spice and sweet notes. So yeah. let's open that Harvest Hefe up. And it's interesting because Samuel Adams started getting their beer initially uh, made on a contract basis. Right. Yeah, he was taking excess, what's called excess capacity, and he would fill in. 
Right. And that was over in Pennsylvania. I think he he had it just outside of Philadelphia that he was getting his beer made. So I will say cheers. I'll try that one more time. There we go. Now the notes. Oh, I can definitely get some sort of. A little bit of cloviness there. Yep. A clove. Yep. Clove on the nose. No doubt about it. There's some clove on the nose. Take a sip here. Wow. Now, definitely nice wheat. And spicy. Yeah. Man. It's I would say this is a it's soft in taste with nice notes, just perfect notes of um, almost like a spice, maybe a cinnamon. Yeah. I would say almost pumpkin. Like a pumpkin cake. Yeah, maybe a little pumpkin. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of everything in there. I was thinking he was just going to have the uh, spice of a of a jefe, but he's actually got uh, almost like a pumpkin pie. And you know what's interesting because I'm not a huge beer drinker. People know that I drink primarily brown spirits, whiskeys, bourbons. But I have found that since starting these tastings and obviously spending time with you and other brewers, I've really gotten to appreciate the nuances of various beers. Mm. But what I found is initially I would drink probably a lager and go, eh, kind of bitter. Now mm-hmm. I don't find that because mm-hmm. I've experimented and my palate has certainly expanded and become more worldly when it comes to various beer tastes. But now I find myself gravitating towards a fuller flavor beer, something more complex. Yeah, it's a little experience. Yeah. It gives the brain something to think about. But again, this Harvest Hefe, if you're looking for something this time of year, I think this would be mm. perfect. Now we're going to move nice. out to Ballast Point Brewing. Now, interesting story about Ballast Point Brewing. Last week, we had Funky Buddha Brewery down in Oakland Park, Florida. They were purchased last spring by Constellation Brands based uh, out in Rochester, New York. They are huge. They own... They own, uh, in fact, one of the, uh, they own Corona Beer. They own uh, another brand. What is it? Not Modesto. What, what's the name? Modella. Modella. They mm-hmm. own Modelo. Uh, they also bought Ballast Point Brewing, hmm. paid $1 billion for them a few years ago. So clearly uh, very, very big. Now, before we go to the Ballast Point, this is a double India Pale Ale or double Pale Ale. The Harvest Hefe... I want to just go over that very quickly because they use, and tell me if this sounds familiar, Michael, in terms of the hop varieties, Hallertau, Middlefroy, yeah. mm-hmm. and Spalt, Spalter Noble Hops. Right. They use two-row pale malt blend and white wheat for their malt. Um, the IBUs on it is 14, what they say is, it's got aromatic notes of cinnamon and nutmeg. That's what we it. taste, yeah. some nutmeg. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect spice beer. And I've got to tell you that, uh, no question, 14 IBUs, yeah. it's a very mild beer. Very, very, very pleasant. nice. All right, so now let's go out to the Ballast Point Brewing Company. They are located out in the People's Republic of California. Uh, and wait a minute, I think I went one, two steps ahead. Here we go. So they're out in California. They were bought by, uh, for $1 billion dollars. Not a bad payday for the founders <laughs> of Ballast Point Brewing. Now, their Manta Double Pale India Ale. Wow. This definitely you can taste the... Wow. There's some definite hoppy notes on the, uh, on the nose. What do you yeah, think about yeah, that, Mike? Nice nose. Yep. Very nice. Let's say cheers. This has got a deep golden color to it. Deep yeah, golden yeah. hue. Mm. Nice ring of head around the glass. Wow. Definitely get the hoppiness on the back, back of the uh, the tongue. Mm-hmm. Hoppiness, hoppy notes on nose, and on tongue. This has got, I would say, a slight bitter finish. Now, when we talk about these 
2x IPAs or these double IPAs, India Pale Ale, what does that refer to? Just more hops? Higher grain bill, and when you have a higher grain bill, you've got to keep the balance, you know, so you you can hop more. This is 8.3%, so the hop, the hop uh, bill is going to be higher, and uh, that's why you're picking up that sweet hoppiness of flavors really, really comes out. Yeah, it? on the company website, uh, now remember, alcohol by volume is 8.5%. Now, talk terms of IBUs, International Bitterness Unit, mm-hmm. what say? 70. There you go. So we had a beer. We came from the Harvest Hefe, which is 15. <laughs> now we're going to a 70 on the IBU scale. And it said it's got aromas of fresh, citrusy tangerine, melon, and light pine. I just primarily got some hoppy notes on yeah, the nose. Yeah, yeah it's a West but, Coast. But uh, they've got some very unique beers over at Ballast Point, And clearly, this is a company... Uh, this is a brewery that has just got a huge variety of beers, and they are certainly further along in terms of their their development than Funky Buddha, who just started off about six years ago. Yeah. So very interesting. They have one called their Victory at Sea, which is an imperial porter with coffee and vanilla that I'm definitely going to try to get my hands around. That sounds very good. And they've also got one called their Indra Kunindra, a curry export stout. Which is a, uh, it says a burst of Madras curry, cumin, cayenne, coconut, and kefir lime. Now that sounds incredible. 50 on the IBU yeah. scale. So that's yeah. very interesting. I'll try to figure that out. All to right. Follow that. Now we're going to move to Chicago, Illinois, the home of the Bears. The Bears. Now, when we talk about uh, Chicago, there's a brewery that has done very well. Started as a craft brewer, they grew Goose Island Brewery. Goose Island was purchased by Anheuser-Busch. Here's a little secret that people may not know. Bush purchased, Anheuser-Busch purchased uh, Goose Island back, uh, geez, I want to say maybe seven years ago. It's been a while, yeah. Seven, eight years ago. I think they paid $39 million at the time. But again, these larger beer companies, if you can't beat them, buy them. And that's <laughs> what they did. Now, they're keeping it separate. Now, the question is, are they going to make any changes? That's... Who knows? Right now, so far, from a taste perspective, we haven't seen that. Now, we're opening up what they're calling their vintage ales. They've got uh, about 13 of these. Last year, we tried the Matilda, which is a beautiful Belgian-style pale ale that was just very, very fruity, very, very nice. This year, we're trying the Sophie. The Sophie is also a Belgian style. They call this a farmhouse ale because it's wine barrel aged with hand-zested orange peel. So let me take a sniff of this. Oh, yeah, get a little mm-hmm. peppery, a little orange. Yep. Definitely get a little orange on the orange and citrus on the nose. Let's say cheers. Mm, the pepper, yeah. That tartness is nice. Now, IBU scale, 20. Mm, but it's mm-hmm. very nice. And you can definitely get the the wine barrel in yeah. that. This is nice. Oh, yeah. This is very nice. It uses two-row malts, Pilsen and a wheat, champagne color, 6.5% alcohol by volume, a Belgian-style farmhouse ale. I think I paid for this bottle, and this is what, a 20? What, what size is this? Uh, a 12-fluid-ounce bottle. This was, I think, three forty nine or three sixty nine. Mm-hmm. So they get a premium price for it, but very, very pleasant. Again, any of their... They're very unique. Um, Getting the barnyard out of them. Yeah, their vintage ales are very cool. They've got some other ones that are very cool. They've got one that they call the Père Jacques, which is a very fruity, malty ale, which I want to get my hands on. But very, very interesting. So, again, Anheuser-Busch, 
They couldn't replicate what they're doing because they've got to make gazillions of, of gallons of beer. This is very unique, still a good-sized brewery, but they're doing unique expressions that you don't see at the right. big parent company. Right, right. But very pleasant. This is nice. This is good. Ever thought about doing, Michael, a, a beer similar to that where you age it in bourbon barrels or wine barrels? Well, we've, we've been doing that since uh, 99, you know, a little bit here and there. Uh, a lot of guys are focusing on it. You know, uh, it's great to let other guys show off with it, so we just don't focus on it. Well, I think we may have to do a little Cigar Dave five-star experimentation. I've got an idea. Okay. Because I'm sitting on a couple of barrels that were sent to me. I can't say who sent them to me, but a very big distiller. Maybe we do something fun with that. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to go to the Schmaltz Brewing Company in New York. The first time I saw the beer, it was called Hebrew, and I, I just thought it was pretty funny, so I just <laughs> bought it, and it turns out the beer was damn good. Mm -hmm. And these guys have really got a very unique story. Now, this is the Hanukkah. This is called uh, Hanukkah Pass the Beer. It's got a, a lit menorah, and in the very center, it's got a oh. bottle of their beer. This is a golden ale with cocoa nibs, eight malts, eight hops, 8% 8 alcohol by volume. So clearly, this is, not, uh, this is not an amateur beer. This is definitely a very unique beer. It won the silver medal at the World Beer Championship. Yeah, and we're going to open that up. And again, they've got a nice, very unique variety. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, look at that dark. That's got a very deep, dark, almost reddish hue yeah. to it. Oh, wow. Nice and dense. Let me say yeah. cheers on that. Got a little bit of chocolate on the nose. We'll take a taste. Those cocoa nibs coming out. Oh, yeah, you get that cocoa. Wow. That is a cocoa bomb. Cocoa bomb, but not overpowering. Mm -hmm. But not overpowering. I don't know what the IBUs on this. I would say it's probably in the 50 ca category. Man, it's hard to say with that because mm. the cocoa nibs kind of. Yeah, but very nice. And this is, again, a golden ale. What, what's the difference between a golden ale and an IPA, an India pale and, ale? Well, uh, golden ale doesn't have as many hops, and the grain bill is going to be more German. Mm. Uh, well, it's, nobody does styles anymore. You know, it's no, when you say just, styles, what do you mean by uh, that? Back in the day, uh, people would go, well, is this a German you know, German Oktoberfest, true Oktoberfest style, is it a porter? It was very restrictive, and uh, people just started taking that and just making their own styles. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice to know styles, but uh, we're not inhibited by styles anymore. Thank goodness. All right, well, we've got now six beers that we have sampled, the Dunedin Brewing Flashlight Lager, the Narragansett Lager, the Sam Adams Harvest Hefe. That I really liked. The Goose, uh, the, the Ballast Point Manta Ray Double Pale Ale, the Goose Island Sophie, uh, Belgian Saison, which I very much enjoyed, put a star on that. And the Hebrew, uh, or the Schmaltz Brewing, Hebrew Hanukkah passed the beer, some, uh, really a cocoa bomb, as I said, but not overpowering. So we've got six done. We're going to continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers with Michael Bryant of Dunedin Brewing, front and center, around the corner. Stay right there. The October selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Rocky Patel sampler, including Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes. This cigar features a robust San Andreas wrapper with filler from Nicaragua and binders from Brazil and Mexico. This cigar is the closest a smoker can get to a fusion of Cuban craftsmanship and Nicaraguan ingenuity. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get premium cigars shipped directly to you each month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Come on, come on, come on. 
In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. It's some great sing-along songs, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to have everybody join in and sing along with the band. In heaven, there is no fear. That's why we drink Jerry Darluck and the Touch, a Buffalo, New York polka group. Michael Bryant rejoins us from Dunedin Brewing. We continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers, and Michael, in heaven there is no beer. You're not going to disagree with him. <laughs> That's right. Great song. Had to play that as we celebrate Cigar Oktoberfest. Now we're going to go over to Deutschland, to Germany, yeah. And we are going to sample the Spatten Oktoberfest Mausen. This is brewed by Spatten Franziskaner Brau, which dates back, very interesting, dates back to 1854, where when the brewery moved to the location that is still used today, and this is their Oktoberfest beer, 5.9% alcohol by volume. It is a Marzen. On the IBU scale, not overly powerful. I'm just looking at my tasting notes on here. Not very powerful. I think we're looking in the 23 to 25 area. Not, wow, real deep, yeah, dark nice color, almost amber, reddish. Yeah. Say cheers on that. Take a... Hint, very weedy type of uh, type of aroma. Yeah, malting. Mm. That's very smooth. Mm, yeah. yeah, malty, smooth. Yeah. Um, don't let the dark color fool you. It's just, no, it's, it's yeah, nice. it's, it's it's a mild, um, you know, no bitter beer. Now let's up real quick. Let's compare it with the Dunedin, your Dunedin Brewery Oktoberfest Lager. Open yeah. that baby up. That's six percent alcohol by volume, so almost identical. And again, that's in a giant, what did you call that again? Crowler. 
a growler. So a can yeah. and a growler. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we'll pour that. Again, just that. plenty. That's Oops. just as dark. Wow, that's really dark. All right, we'll wow. Say cheers on that. Take a sip. Mm. Wow, yeah. very smooth. Yeah. Not overpowering. Uh-uh. Very nice. Supposed to be easy to drink. Mm. Celebrate. Celebration. Yeah, you got a little more complexity, believe it or not, than the Spaten Oktoberfest. Two nice Oktoberfest beers, Marzen beers. You can't go wrong. We'll continue much more Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with the Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. The October 2017 Officers Club selection featuring two Hamlet 25th year cigars and one Tabacero by Hamlet Paredes have shipped. You should already have them by now. Now, the October 2017 selection features the new Hamlet 25th year. To honor and celebrate Hamlet Paredes' 25 years of rolling and blending cigar achievements dating back to when he was a master blender and roller in Cuba for Habanos. He has taken his talents to Rocky Patel three years ago, and the new Hamlet 25th is absolutely off the charts. It's medium-bodied, ultra-smooth, very tasty, featuring a cedary Ecuadorian wrapper, a Pennsylvania broadleaf binder, Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers, absolutely magnificent. If you're not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, what are you waiting for? Go to CigarDave.com, get the latest and greatest in the world cigars, delivered right to you. Go to CigarDave.com and join the Officers Club. Out the leader hosen for Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers with a giant stein in hand. Here's the global alpha male, Cigar Dave. Yeah, my leader hosen are broken in and I can't wait to get out of them. A little bit tight, as Frank Sinatra would say in the Mary Janes. We continue Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuvers at Dunedin Brewing's production expansion facility under construction in Dunedin, Florida. Michael Bryant, the founder proprietor, joins us as our expert beer color commentator. We've got a whole bunch of beers to go. This, is, this segment is going to be our international tasting. We're going to start off with the Corona Extra from Mexico. Then we're going to move to Iceland, Denmark, Czech Republic, Italy, and Japan. Theoretically, Japan, but I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. So, first up, we just opened up the Corona Extra. And looking at this beer, this is the top-selling imported beer in the United States. Why? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's a very light-colored beer. We'll say cheers on that. It's like drinking water. It's very safe. <laughs> safe. <laughs> That's a good term. Safe. Yeah, nothing. Th this is what? Is this a lager? It is. 
Yeah, lager. And, and they, everybody knows Corona for, with a wedge of uh, lemon or lime on the neck of the bottle to add the tartiness and flavor. But I, I don't see the excitement of this, this thing. Yeah, this is a beer that you can clean your palate with, though. You can use this to clean your palate and then taste other beers. So it's you, so light when you're yeah, done brushing nice. your teeth, you can rinse your mouth out, and it's just like water. All right, next up, we're going to go to Iceland. Reykjavik. I think Reykjavik. I don't know. I think that's right. But Einstock Brewery. Give you a little history of uh, brewing in uh, Iceland. There are actually about, uh, I think there's probably about uh, 10 breweries in Iceland. Iceland population mm, is certainly are. not that big. But what's interesting is, is that uh, Iceland, actually in the early 20th century, a temperance movement similar to the United States took place in Iceland. So there was no brewing, where in 1908, a 1908 referendum, 60.1% of voters uh, approved a complete ban on alcohol sales, which took place January 1, 1915. Hmm. Now, the beer that we're going to enjoy is from Einstock Brewing, and one of the world's, they say, best white ales. And mm. as I look at this, nice yellow color. Yeah, it's got a nice sweet maltiness to it. It's a crystal. Yeah. yeah. Say cheers on that. Let's try it. It's got a Nordic, uh, like a Nordic guy here on the, what do they call it? A uh, Hertzman? Norseman. Norseman, yeah. Norseman on the, uh, on the, and actually looking back at the history of beer in Iceland, the Iceland's mm. early settlers came from various areas uh, by the Norsemen. They were the ones that initially settled, and they were the ones that bought beer. So we'll take a sip of this. It's got, it's got some uh, It's got very some pleasant. Character. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. I like this. This is smooth, not typical of an ale. Mm -mm. Yeah, and this is not made in Reykjavik. This is made in Akurel, Iceland. All ale brewed with coriander and orange peel. Okay, I was picking yeah. a little like a walnut. What is mm. that? That's what it is. That's pretty, that's pretty pleasant. Yeah. That's very nice. And again, I would have never known about this. I simply went, bought the bottle, and said, let me try it. So I'm going to put a star on that because when I have a party or I have guests over, I may buy that because that's got a unique flavor, and it's definitely got more yeah. flavor than the Corona. Now we're going to move to Denmark. If you've seen some of the Danish dames, look out. This is Kottelsberg, very well-known beer. It is uh, brewed in – oh, thank you very much. It is in Copenhagen, Denmark. And the beer that we're sampling is a Euro Pale Lager, 5% alcohol by volume. So this isn't going to be overpowering. And their slogan is probably the best beer in the world. I, I like how, hmm. not definitive, but it's probably the best beer. <laughs> not we are the best beer. Probably. Nice. And uh, basically what they say is they use um, aromatic uh, hops on here. Mm. Um, oh, exclusive aromatic from, yeah. hops. So yeah. let me take a taste here. We'll say cheers on that. Um, I wouldn't call this probably the best beer in the world, it's but it's kind of like... One of the most drinkable. Uh, yeah, it's drinkable and vanilla is what little, I'd say. A little hoppy, little hoppy there. I, I don't get the hops a on bit, it. A really? little bit, yeah, compared to like uh, Corona. Oh, yeah, you're getting a little bit of hoppy, but not much. On the IBU, this is probably a 23, maybe, maybe less, maybe 13. a 20. Very nice. Now we're going to move to the Czech Republic, the original Pilsner mm. from Pilsner Urkel. Now tell me, what is a Pilsner? Well, it came from lager. And when the, there was a monk that smuggled out the yeast from Germany, Carlsberg yeast, and uh, took it up there, and Pilsen, Czechoslovakia, has the best water 
and the greens and the water. And the best blonde dames. Is, I would say probably so. And, and by the way, this and, beer looks like a beautiful blonde from the Czech Republic. So we'll say cheers on that. It's got a nice, uh, very, almost like so, a, like a bleach blonde yes, color. I'd say very, very cool. Look at the head. Look at that dense head. Mm. Oh. But yeah, it, that's it, got it some became, character to it. Yeah, those waters ended up everything that grew in that water and everything brewed in that water made the difference. And so that's. But again, so this this start as a lager. This this traces to a lager. Right. So the one thing I've gotten these pilsners and even these ales that we've tasted internationally, they're not very full. They're not like the IPAs here mm. in the United but States. You can really get a lot of a lot of uh, maltiness. Get that mm -hmm. maltiness on the on the tongue and yep. Uh, flavor. Yep. Now we're going to go to Italy for Paroni Nastro Azzurro, and uh, I believe that even Colonel Ange's father would drink this because it sounds Italian. He would not. Listen to Frank Sinatra, because Frank Sinatra wasn't Italian enough. <laughs> Dean Martin in the Puccio household. So, Colonel Ange, I raise the glass to you, Colonel, and to Private G as well. And uh, Mrs. Colonel Ange Rita, we'll say cheers on that. Very, very light. This is almost a straw color on yes. this one. And again, this is the Peroni. Yeah, this has got definitely some more... Hmm. more different, different hops. Yeah, different probably. hops. Definitely a little more hoppiness, but again... Relatively mild, all these yes, European yes. beers. Easy to drink. They all kind of got in the same race together and try to cop, you know, this is working, mm -hmm. we're going to do the same thing. Yeah, I would say any of these you could buy for a party, and again, not overpowering. Uh, very slight taste nuances, but not something where you'd say, wow, huge difference. Now, here's something interesting. We're going to go theoretically to Japan. I say that because I look at this, hmm. and it's under the Asian-Japanese beer yeah, category, yeah. Sapporo Premium Beer. And as I did my research... Uh, basically, this is a, it's obviously a Japanese beer, Sapporo. It's the number one selling Asian beer in the United States. They call mm. this the original, the icon, a refreshing lager with a crisp, refined flavor and a clean finish. And when you look at the history of Sapporo beer, very interesting. German, uh, Japan's first trained brewmaster went over to Germany to learn the trade. Sabe Nakagawa. And he left Japan at the age of 17, and he brought his trade and his knowledge back to Japan in 1876, Sapporo's first brewmaster. But as I have discovered, the beer, the Sapporo in the United States, is not brewed in Japan. It is brewed in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the Wisconsinite saying, oh, Sapporo, you betcha. What's this Sapporo? But... Again, it's now this has got wow, I'm definitely getting a little yeasty note on the on the nose on mm. this. Do you get that yeastiness, Michael? Mm -hmm. Is that the rice that's uh, they, I, well I don't think they use rice. I don't know. They say they do, but who knows? Take a sip here. There's some very good Japanese craft breweries that you uh, Wow, this rice, has got some character. Rice. This is not bad. Clearly this would go with sushi. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasabi, this would be yeah. taming the wasabi down. Of all the beers, international beers we just tasted. This, by far, is the fullest flavor, mm -hmm. but it's still, mm -hmm. it is. It on is. a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of strength, it's probably 3.5 to 4. Yeah, still session, big session. Yep, absolutely. All right, now we've got 1, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. We're not going to get to all 10, so I'm going to pick out about five beers that we will enjoy. And the ones we're going to go to are some seasonal, some flavored, some pumpkin, some uh, berry flavored. We've got one from Kona, their lemongrass luau we'll definitely try. 
We've got uh, one. This is, I tell you, the Sweet Baby Jesus, Where is that? Yeah. which uh, is a chocolate peanut butter porter. We'll use that. We'll pick the final, uh, the final four or five that we'll get to. And when we come back, we will conduct the final and concluding segment of this Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting edition of the Cigar Dave Show. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with the General now at Cigar Dave Show. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. For both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime, any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. The General is conducting Cigar Oktoberfest beer tasting maneuvers. If you can't keep up, don't worry. You can see all the tastings at CigarDave.com. All right, last segment of our Cigar Oktoberfest tasting maneuver edition of this Cigar Dave show. As we wrap up Oktoberfest, hard to believe October is coming to an end. And we are joined by Michael Bryan, our expert brewmaster. Founder and proprietor of Dunedin Brewing, we're at their production expansion facility that is uh, being constructed, Dunedin, Florida, just about 20 miles northwest of the Cigar City of Tampa. We've got uh, six final beers. These are all unique flavor expressions of beers. We went international. Now we're going to stay primarily, well, exception of one beer in the United States. We're going to go to the U.K. for one of them. We're going to go out to Colorado, Blue Moon 
brewing their Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. Now, interesting about Blue Moon, Mike, is the fact that Blue Moon is not a craft brewer. They are somewhat of a craft brewer. They're owned by Coors. Mm. But they've mm -hmm. created this very unique separate brewery, if you will, a separate mm. brand. And people think, hey, Blue Moon, they are a craft beer. Mm -hmm. And this is their Harvest Pumpkin Wheat. Uses Munich and caramel uh, malts, Halartau hops. They put some pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, and allspice. IBU 16, so it's not going to be an overly bitter beer. Really... Uh, Deep reddish yeah. color. We'll say and cheers on that. Blue Moon's normally cloudy, mm -hmm. which is a kind of a Belgian white. Yeah, this is very uh, smooth, very tasty. A little bit of pumpkin, a little bit of the spice. Not overpowering, so it's not like you're drinking candy. Mm. Yeah, very nice. Though. Or a sweetened beverage, but yeah. pretty nice. Not bad. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Nice job. All right. And you've got one that you used to make kind of similar to this that you no longer have. The, which one? Uh, the one the, that I liked the last pump, year. Uh, the... the uh, uh, it was a pumpkin ale. Pumpkin ale. Yeah. You yeah. don't make it anymore. Well, we, we kind of shifted off of it because so many people are doing it, and we just thought, well, we'll start doing something. But yours else. was the best. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. We'll start now, making it. Now we're going to go theoretically to Hawaii, Kona Brewing. Now, what's interesting is Kona does have a brewery on the Big Island in Hawaii. However, they were sued uh, earlier this year in a court in California because they also make their beer in other breweries throughout the United States, in New Hampshire, Oregon, Tennessee, Washington State. People mm. said that was deceptive. Now, the beer that we are going to enjoy today is their Lemongrass Luau. Mm. This is very interesting. This is a, I believe this is a golden ale. Let me just take a look at that very quickly. This is their ale brewed with natural ginger and lemongrass hmm. added. Oh, yeah, and again, did. if you look at it, very Hawaiian, but who knows? This may have been made in Tennessee <laughs> since I bought it in Florida. We'll say cheers. has a uh, cloudy yellowish hue to it. Definitely has some... Oh, that ginger nose. Yeah, some ginger on the nose. Mm. Yeah, nothing, yeah, a little bit of ginger, a little lemongrass, but nothing overpowering. A little heat, a little it's ginger okay. heat. Yeah, Yeah. okay, not, not anything spectacular, in my opinion. I would say it's more Jamaican mm. than Hawaiian, you know? I think people look and say, ooh, Kona, Hawaii, it's got to have some unique taste. Mm. That's okay. Mm. Now we're going to go to, I believe it's Wisconsin, for the Leninkugel's Berry Weiss, yeah, like which this. is a Weiss beer brewed with honey, blackberry juice and natural berry flavors. So they actually put some juice in here. And we'll oh, take Probably a little. fresh harvest. There we go. And they are, they were founded in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin by Jacob Linenkugel. And the sixth generation of Linenkugel still make their beer in Wisconsin, you betcha. Big nose. Wow, this is a berry huge nose. nose of berry. Wow, say cheers yeah. on that one. Take a sip. Got the little the, the color. Berry color in it. Wow, this is like drinking blackberry juice. Mm. Yeah, this is not, mm. this is really more for somebody that doesn't want beer but wants more of a Like sweetener. a dessert beer. This is a dessert, yeah. perfect. Yeah. This is actually, this would be a perfect dessert beer. You hit it right on the head. Lean in Google's Berry Weiss, a dessert beer, cold. You don't need mm. a lot of it because it's pretty sweet. You, you gobbled that yeah. whole thing yeah. up, Mike. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Mm. All right. Now, we're going to move on to the UK in honor of Mick the Brits right. and Wells Brewing Company. Go ahead. We can open that up. Right. In uh, the United Kingdom, Wells and Young's Limited, we've got an English brown ale called Sticky Toffee Pudding Ale. 
Now, the two things that England is known for, Britain around the globe, their traditional ale, of course, and their puddings. Last year, we tried the Wells Banana Bread Beer. This is their latest uh, addition to their Crafted Wells Ales range, their Sticky Toffee mm. Pudding Ale. Nice. Wow, the aroma on this thing oh, yeah. is incredible. We'll say cheers complex. on that. Very complex. Can't wait to taste this. Mm. Mm, they hit it. Yeah. That's exactly what Not as sweet it. as I would think. No, it's... But there's a little bit of toffee, a yeah. little bit of that uh, that pudding. Once you can see it yeah. running over the top of the bread. Mm. Again, this would be... It's got a little bitterness to it. A little bitterness on the back. Yeah, right at the end. Almost like yeah. a uh, espresso note on it. Mm. A, mm. An espresso yeah. bitterness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like uh, not as good as I thought it would be. The, 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 looking at sticky toffee pudding <laughs> ale and, and the... the, the <laughs> you thought it was going to be thick. You know, real thick. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to really have a, a unique taste to it. I didn't think it was going to have that espresso note, but not bad. And when you look at the band, the, the, the bottle, and you look oh, at yeah. the, the presentation, yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah. yeah, you're thinking, oh, this is going to taste probably like a Cinnabon. <laughs> not so, but still not bad. You could reduce this, put it on the, on the stove, reduce it down. Mm, probably could. Now, let's go to the Anchor Coffee Porter. We have two to go. Maybe we'll get a third, and who knows? I don't know. But we've got the uh, Anchor Porter, Coffee Porter. From Anchor Brewing. Fritz's old place. Now, where's Anchor Brewing, Michael? It's in San Francisco. San Francisco. That's right. That's right. Yeah, San Francisco. One of the oldest standing breweries. Now, this is a new brew. This was first brewed this year and bottled this year. 6.7% alcohol by volume. Only available September to December. And they actually use, in collaboration with a local San Francisco roaster, four-barrel coffee. Mm. They're kind of marrying beer with the coffee, and uh, they are brewed. It's brewed at San Francisco's Otero Hill. Uh, actually, their coffee roastery before they became a mm, brewery. Mm. So we'll say cheers. Now, this is like, talk about espresso. This is darker than espresso. Can't wait to try this. This is going to wake us up. Wow, some chocolate on the nose. Oh, yeah. That's good. It does have yeah, the coffee yeah. notes. Yeah, hot, hot infusion. Yeah. What's interesting, not a lot of bitterness. You get the coffee, and again, people look at this porter and they say, wow, this is black. This is going to be super full. Mm -hmm. That is not necessarily the case. All right, let's move along to the DeClaw Brewing Sweet Baby Jesus, a chocolate peanut butter porter. We tried it last year. It was so good. I had to bring it back. DeClaw is made in Bel Air, Maryland, or as they say in Maryland, Blair, Maryland. Again, very dark. Wow. You get the chocolate and peanut butter on the nose on this thing. Holy mackerel. We'll say cheers on that. We'll take a sip of this DeClaw Sweet Baby Jesus peanut butter chocolate porter. Hmm. Uh, mm. Peanut butter right in the nose. Isn't it? Yeah. Where do you taste it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, this gets five stars. This is good. Look at the head on that thing. The lace. Mm. Unbelievable. That can't be any extract in there. We have two and a half minutes to go. You know what the good news is? We've got four beers. Let me pick another one here. Let's do the pumpkin from Southern Tier. I visited Southern Tier yeah. Brewery. It's part of our Oktoberfest travels. And pumpkin really puts Southern Tier on the map. A very unique seasonal beer. Okay, it's available across the country. They get a premium price for it. It is beautiful. A little bit of the pumpkin notes. Very, very pleasant. Not overpowering. Again, in uh, Maine, right near Jamestown, New York. Say cheers oh, on yeah, that. Take yeah. a sip. Hmm. Oh, what a, look at the cinnamon right on the butt. Right on. Man. That is great. That, and now you know why their Imperial Pumpkin 
put him on the map. Yeah. I think this is one of the best pumpkin with some nice uh, spices, nice seasonings. Yeah. Very Balanced. nice. Two Balanced. varieties of hops, two types of malts, little pumpkin. And I was there mm. when they were bringing the pumpkin in. I mean, you could see them bringing it all really? in. Really? Yep. Nice. Mm. Nice. Michael, we have time, I think, for one more. Let's see what see. we want to do here. Uh, I got an idea. Let's finish it off with the Cigar, Cigar City, City oh, Maduro yeah. Brown Ale, which goes great with my Quesada Oktoberfest. This is another one that Cigar City Brewing, Joey Redner, yeah. who actually I think used to work for you, did he not, Michael? Yeah, he, he was helping us with uh, sales, and uh, he was always a beer geek. Yep, and he started and Cigar City Brewing. Yeah. Proud of the Cigar City heritage, their heritage, logo, yeah. and they have grown. They sold about a year ago uh, to a company that owns some other breweries, and this is their Maduro Brown yeah. Ale. Obviously, Maduro Cigar will say cheers. Yeah. Again, very, very dark when you look at it. We and the boys do. Very nice job. on the pa Almost has a coffee-like aroma on the, on the nose. We'll take a taste. Oh, yeah. That's that? beautiful. That yeah. is beautiful. No coffee flavor. Just a very smooth, nice brown ale. And when you think of a Maduro cigar, people think a Maduro is going to be overly powerful. Is that Not cedar? the case. Got, I don't know if he does put some cedar. I think he may use a little cedar in here. Here's what it says. It is a Maduro brown ale, hints of caramel toffee. Let me see if I can, I can read this here real quickly here. Uh, toffee, chocolate, and espresso. Very, mm, very espresso pleasant. Yeah. Michael Bryant, the founder and proprietor of Dunedin Brewing. Thank you for your hospitality as always. Thank you. Thank you. You're always, always welcome. Hard, hard always to believe welcome. this is we've been doing it this long. <laughs> and to all of you, hope you enjoyed the entire month of Cigar Oktoberfest and our final tasting. We didn't get to 24. We got to 22. Still damn fine. Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full. May your cutter always be sharp. May your ash be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again. To all, I say... Cheers and enjoy the rest of Cigar Oktoberfest. <laughs>